0: All right, welcome back. Uh, Today we have a topic that came directly from LinkedIn. It was a comment that was posted under one of the previous conversations we've had about toxic relationships in the workspace. And the question was, why do organizations reward toxic behavior? And I know Karina, you wanted to start us off. So would you like to jump straight in?
1: Yeah, no, I just, because my immediate thought was, because I don't think we should tie everybody with the same brush. So I think, you know, it's important to make clear that not organizations do do that. I just said do do, and we're recording um but yeah I think it's you know, if, if you're in an organization that does that uh you know th- there are others you know you don't have to stick it out you can go and find somewhere that doesn't do that um but yeah no at the same time certainly there are scenarios that play out where you know bad behaviors you look and think you're not you know it's not the right thing but you're rubbing everyone up the wrong way and yet somehow the more senior leaders or whoever it is seem to pull that person out of the ranks and go, you, yeah, come up, join us. And you think, what, why? So yeah, I can see how that does happen.
0: Yeah, I, had, I worked in a toxic environment and my boss actually told me, you think it's bad here, try going somewhere else because she didn't want to lose me. And when I did leave, they had to hire two and a half people to replace me. So to your point, if you're in a toxic environment, not all organizations are that way. You can leave and it could be better.
1: Yeah, and certainly don't get emotionally manipulated into staying. That would be, you know, the minute they say something like that, leave.
0: That's a huge um, red flag. Toxic environment. <laughs> so why is it? Why is it that it seems like the toxic people are the ones that get the invitation to get promoted or who are really good at spinning their story so that they get a higher seniority job at their next position?
2: I think you hit a nail on the head. They spin. Ah. They, they steal ideas, perhaps. They uh, manipulate numbers. They... They generate some story about themselves, some plausible set of of numbers and and, and facts and details and work calls and everything else, and they present it in such a way that the people who make the decisions believe them.
1: Mm.
2: Because the people who make decisions are often not the people who witness that toxic behaviour firsthand. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So, are we saying that toxic behavior is rewarded because the person being toxic is a good liar? Is that what we're saying?
1: I think it's more, it's partly about visibility. I think there is a piece in here about the fact that, I mean, particularly us Brits, we have a tendency to assume or want to assume that well if my work's good enough somebody will notice Mm. and then I'll be promoted and you know the the truth will out it won't (laughs) you know unless you put something out there and play the game and give yourself an edge when I say play the game I don't mean in a manipulative stealing ideas fashion but there are ways to get your ideas across so that you're actually going look by the way I am quite proud of this you know have a look see it because I think there's probably there probably are better suited people but maybe those people aren't as visible and the the leaders just haven't seen that they're capable of doing this job so it might be that those who are willing to play you know play nasty essentially are also willing to shout about it and say look at me and therefore they get more of the attention in the
3: first place it's the it's a uh, combative nature it's the competition and you have to recognize as a manager if you're creating that culture where you're allowed to do that um of your you're giving them the space um to fight against each other you know if you're creating that win-lose situation rather than a collaborative space no no wonder people form that toxic way because it does filter through down through organizations that makes yeah. so much
0: sense, Katie, that if you have an organization where it's win lose, he who's willing to play the game the hardest, you know, he can he who can cheat or she, the person who can cheat without getting caught the most effectively is going to win. I mean, NASCAR runs like that forever and ever. Like the closer you can get to that line without crossing it or without getting caught crossing it, the more likely you are to win. So that win lose it's, it's and is that capitalism? Is that competition? Is there a way to avoid that in an organization
2: but isn't isn't that the function isn't shouldn't that be the function of hr talent management all of those individuals who are tasked with the professional outlook of how to look after the people in the in the workspace isn't that their job to actually spot that stuff
0: in theory but no so what I don't know if I agree with that. And the reason I don't know I, ag- I agree with that is because HR is tasked with protecting the organization against, you know, whatever lawsuits, whatever it might be, not with protecting the individuals. Individuals are led to believe HR is there to protect them, but that is false.
1: And also, yeah. I think HR doesn't create the culture within a company. The directors and the you know, owners and the senior people create that culture, and HR will fit in with that culture because that's the trickle down effect. Um, so I think if a shift needed to happen culturally, it would have to come from the senior leaders.
2: Mm. Does, that not, does that not leave HR people completely toothless in respect of, you know, here's somebody who cheats well. Um, he's impressed the manager, the, 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 the director. Um, the director said we need to promote this person. HR says we can't because he's a cheat. And the, then HR are the, vill- the villains. So does that not leave them kind of toothless and, and really pat- treading water?
1: How would HR notice if they, if, you know, I'm not sure they're in a position to observe. I think that things would be reported to HR and then they will deal with whatever's been reported to them. Yeah. But I don't think they're in a position to observe and spot
3: stuff like that, really.
2: So I think I think we have, we have the, the germ of another conversation here, which is what's the function of HR?
3: Ah, uh, writing it down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I have to put my hand up and say, I've never really worked for a big organisation who reward toxic culture or otherwise so it's i'm looking at it from a a relatively um just from an objective viewpoint as an outsider so i'm rather than making stipulations i'm asking questions
3: Mm -hmm. i think there's also always that other bit changing the point completely steve sorry but going back to the question of it's not just that people are promoted they may be promoted sideways or into a different direction And that is, I mean, that's not just toxic organizations. It's very often people ignore the issue that if somebody is bullying or disruptive or all of of those kind of nasty uh, traits that we can have in organizations, people are moved rather than dealt with. Mm -hmm. And I think that creates a culture of lack of trust If we can say that that's a toxic workplace, when you go deal with these people, don't keep paying them (laughs) lots of money Um, and and you create cultures like that because it's easier to move them. And the Um,
0: fallout from that is that when someone who works under someone like that sees them just get moved rather than dealt with, your good employees are going to leave. They're not going to stay and put up with that.
3: Or they're going to say, that's what I have to do to get on ah yikes and and you can create accidentally cultures that say i won't do the right thing for the organization i'll do the right thing for me Mm. but you know that's kpis and all sorts of weird and wonderful economic behaviors that we we put into organizations and you can create these toxic cultures
0: and short-term toxic behavior wins it's the long game where toxic behavior really creates a problem, and so if you've got a short-term look and, you know, what is the next three months or the next six months, having that toxic person in there, and we talked about it before when we talked about toxic behavior, you can have a really, really good performer who is just horrible for the team, and then you have to decide, are you going for three months or are you looking at the year, two years, five-year plan? And I think, unfortunately, especially organizations that have stockholders that they have to be accountable to, short term has become much more important. Even if, no matter what they say, I feel like short term is more important.
2: Are, we, are we, We're coming around to the notion, now it sounds to me as though we're coming around to the notion that, that if there is a capitalist ideal, and organizations fit to that capitalised ideal, then there's a better chance that toxic behaviour will actually be, at least in the short term, rewarded rather than punished.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't I know. I don't know if you can lump it in with capitalism as a whole. That's a whole. No, there's a whole.
2: Talk, we're talking that's a, about that's yeah. me. We're talking about pay. We're talking about reward and promotion. That's capitalism, isn't
1: it? Well, we are up against our ten-minute
0: mark. So capitalism and toxic behaviour may be a topic we have to have another time because. I'm inclined to agree with you, Steve. I think that that competitive place, like Katie said, can create toxicity, especially if you're looking for short gains. So that's our 10 minutes. I hate it when I have to cut it off, but that's how it goes when we do quick hits. Thanks for being here and we will talk again soon.